Well, hello there, my friends. Welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here. I bring you a brand new topic every Thursday. We go live at 4 p.m. And then if for some reason you miss the show, we've got the encore on Friday, early, early in the mornings, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m., depends on your your uh, time zone. But we offer you an encore show on Fridays, and it is always a joy to have you here with me live. I love to take your questions on this show, so you can write to my email, debbie at coachdebbie. Dot com. Oh, is that my email? Yes, it is. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. We talk all about story here. This is the stories you live by. Might be the stories you're writing. For some, it's full book length. For some, it's more of a blog post. For some, it is a weekly blog going on all year round. For others, it's a one-time speech. But I really love helping you find your own self-expression and really following that inner guidance to get your story out into the world. There's all kinds of mediums you can use to make that happen. For a very long time, I was a college writing instructor. I loved it. I loved my students. I didn't love the politics as much, and that led me to going more entrepreneurial. I eventually started a radio show. I have to give a big shout out to my sweetheart, Todd, because we started in radio together on internet radio, a show called Life Mastery Radio that I just loved. We did that for seven years together. And somewhere along the line, uh, started Story U. And I've been over here at KKNW for the last five years, coming up on my five-year anniversary, um, and, and just loving offering you this show. I also like to tell you about things that I'm offering in my business, just in case you need a little private coaching or a class to support you so you continue to offer your self-expression. Now, if you think you are a storyteller, but you're just not getting out the number of stories you want to be telling, I have a very affordable course coming up. I am pre-recording all of the sessions. It is on pre-sale right now, which means I'm offering it right now at 50% off. So that ticket price is $399. Now I've got my email, my uh, newsletter, 
my socials. It all says where you can sign up for that, the link you can click on. But if you haven't yet connected with me, here's an invitation. Go to coachdebbie.com. Again, that's D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And just sign up for the newsletter and you'll always be informed of what's going on here. I would love for you to take advantage of the story immersion class. Like I said, right now it's on pre-sale, $399. And that's just going to help you get deep into the process of what it feels like to be a storyteller. And as you get into the great feeling of being a storyteller, what you're going to find is that your inner guidance that tells you what you need to be writing, what you need to be editing out, what you need to be sharing with the world, that's just going to talk to you on a calmer and a more consistent basis so that you're doing exactly what you want to be doing with your stories. Now, the number one thing I like to do with my stories is bring them right here to the airwaves for you. I like to support you on a weekly basis. So I really want to encourage you, just take Story You Talk Radio and add it to your calendar. Like I said, we're here every Thursday, four o'clock Pacific time. And you can find us anywhere in the world. It's easy to do. We have an app. You just go to your app store and download the KKNW app. And that will allow you to listen to us live. Now, every week I like to bring you a new topic to keep you writing, keep you feeling inspired, help you feeling like you are in the game, okay? We don't want you thinking, oh, I had a really good year 10 years ago and I haven't written a thing since. That's not what I want for you. I want you to be in your groove. Some of you know that I went from teaching college to going into a life program, or sorry, life coaching program. And I did a few of them up through the mastery level with Hay House author Alan Cohen. And this was 10 and 11 and 12 years ago. And now I'm doing some side-by-side teaching with him. He has a course coming up for spiritual writers, and that will be offered in May. I'll be posting that in my newsletter to gather some extra students for him. But what I have found is that the longer I am immersed in following Alan, I also have a personal coach, Robert Holden, through uh, Hay House, The more I go into my own spiritual program, the more I have writers that are wanting support in their spiritual writing. So today's offering, I've decided to call it, 
What might the Buddha say about your book? Ooh, what might the Buddha say about your book? Because I get really interesting questions from people that are feeling like they want the most for their book or for their speeches or their blogs, but they don't want to get out of alignment with their own spiritual journey. So here are some questions that have come in just in the last couple months. One is from a client that I am working with, and this person says, I want my book to give me great income. Yeah, you should. Here's another thing that came in. Someone said, I crave a new side hustle that's going to make me rich. Sure, why not? Nothing unspiritual about that, but I'm going to I'm going to explain to you why some people think there's going to be conflict here. Another person said to me and this was in a phone call very recently, said I need to make money in retirement that does not create duality for me. I am spiritual and I long for a few sink funds. You know that term sink funds? That's that's like when you you create a fund for yourself that is solely for something that you are going to just indulge yourself in. Like it's a vacation fund or it's a travel fund or it's a new technology build my studio fund or it's a elaborate on my own personal botanical garden fund or something like that. It's just for you and it's for the fun of it all and you are sinking your funds into it. This person said that they need to make money in retirement that doesn't create a duality in them but that allows them a few dollars for their sink funds. Nothing unspiritual about that. Finally, I got this one. This person said, I am hungry to get my second book finished and it needs to bring in handsome income. Okay. Now, all of these are genuine desires. And I think what happens sometimes is people are moving along at their own pace on their spiritual journey. They decide that there's a story or a book inside of them. They get writing. And then they ask themselves, is my desire to have some money from this? Is my my desire to create uh, a side hustle, a way to expend my energy? Is that somehow going to create conflict with my relationship to God or to a higher calling or to my spiritual destiny or something like that? I can understand where 
many people that would follow the teachings of Buddha might think if I have a desire, somehow I have gone down the wrong path. So I am going to spend today setting you straight. Because if you were sitting across from the Buddha right now, as my my show is appropriately titled, what might the Buddha say about your book? I mean, just imagine you're sitting across from the Buddha right now. Let's pretend you can. Would the Buddha say to you, no, my friend, I do not want you to have a handsome income from your endeavors. Do you think the Buddha would say to you, no, it is not part of my support that brings your book into existence so you can have a sink fund, so you can have a vacation. I don't think that's how the Buddha interplayed his enlightenment with those that follow him. I don't believe that at all. But I can understand where things get a little wonky. For one, we have plenty of monks in the world that we can look up to. And if you notice, they completely shave their head. They identify in a communal way by having, let's just call it, a uniform. They take part in the discipline often of martial arts and definitely in meditation. They are regimented like you wouldn't believe, but they also make a vow to poverty. And you and I don't know much about that because we don't live inside the culture. So we can only apply those words of vow to poverty in our own culture and existence. But I'm willing to bet you that when the Buddha said you will not desire, that he didn't mean you won't have a purpose on your heart. Again, I didn't get to sit across from him and ask, but I'm guessing that when you have a desire to write your book and allow it to go out in the world and to do very well and pay you handsomely and allow you to offer to audiences a message, I don't think you are in conflict with your spiritual dedication to Buddhism or to God or to whatever following you are in. I don't think so. I don't think you were brought into life to give thoroughly of yourself and have no means to show for it. On the other hand, I would also guess, and this is a big guess, that those monks who are dedicated and who are in practice together have taken a vow of poverty due to the richness that non-material things bring them. I'm only guessing. I haven't been there. 
And at the same time, I want you to experience the riches that you have set out for with your book. So we're going to be talking a little bit about this today. I want to remind you that I am happy to take your questions. You can write to me, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. I've got my email open right in front of me, and I would be more than happy to take your question and discuss it on the air. First, though, we need to take a little break right here. But when we come back, more about what might the Buddha say about your book? Mm, Stay tuned. Did you know your writing coach, Coach Debbie, is also a master level life coach trained by Hay House author Alan Cohen? She's offering free 30 minute consultations to anyone, not just writers, who are wanting to discuss a big stretchy life goal, which might include how can I work on my bucket list? How can I better relate to my children, spouse, boss, or in laws? What should I do about aging and feeling scared to be seen? How might I double my income fast? Email Coach Debbie at CoachDebbie.com slash connect for more information. And right now you can also enroll in Coach Debbie's April course, The Story Immersion. You'll receive eight pre-recorded classes throughout April that you can listen to on your own timeline. As a listener of the podcast, you qualify to save 50%. Simply email Coach Debbie by visiting CoachDebbie.com slash connect. And get started on the life goal or writing project you've been dreaming about. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Today I am here for all my spiritual friends that have decided they've got a book in them and it's time to share it with the world, but... Sometimes, right before you graduate from Coach Debbie's program, you start asking big questions, especially because many people have decided to write a book not only to express themselves, but to see if a few bucks might come in from it. And I want that for you. I want your book to help expand your life. But since many people are following some tradition of spirituality, at least in my my um, array of students, I wanted to dedicate this class or uh, this show today to what might the Buddha say about your book? A lot of times people are thinking if they have some sort of desire then they have to either deal with a sense of duality, especially if it's a desire of riches, or they must lay it down in order to follow their spiritual path. Now, I realize that in many uh, places where the Buddha is quoted, 
there's ideas that you are not to covet desires. But let's just go back and look a little bit at the Buddha story. Now, I'm just going to give you a really, really, really quick overview. You might know that the Buddha's original name was Prince Siddhartha and that he grew up in very protected but lovely, lovely, opulent palace. And when you grow up in that way, you often see the world kind of one-sided. This was the case for the Buddha. His parents did not allow him beyond the walls of the so-called kingdom And so where there was any suffering taking place was in no way a part of the young Buddha's experience. But he did finally set out as a young man and found that the world, as others knew it, was not the world he knew. And feeling a little overly opulent and abundant. He wanted to even the playing field and he allowed himself to deprive his body of needs. And one thing he went through was starvation. He started to live very out of balance. And to him... This was how he would eradicate all that he had been grown up with. If he was now starving, perhaps this would bring some balance. It took some time, and he was met by someone who explained, you will wither into nothing if you continue to starve or sleep on beds of nails and things like this. I am giving you a very, very rough overview of the story. But basically, the Buddha came to understand that what he needed was balance in his heart. And that, that keeps us far from cravings, like cravings of opulence or cravings of deprivation. When our heart is in balance, we are not so susceptible to crave the extremes. This is how Buddha began to have his enlightenment, was to sit and be with the thoughts that came to him and brought him more balance. So, many of us believe that if we are following our truest guidance then it is by hearing from that inner voice that leads us to happiness. I think it is possible that some people take that a little far and think that that means you have to leave yourself out of any gifts that the world can give you. So let's think about this for a moment. When you are in balance... You are listening to your highest calling. You are writing from your heart, from your experience. You are being 
truthful, you are sharing with others, do you truly believe it needs to stop right there and all goods to support you for doing this should end or should even be seen as a gluttony or an overindulgence in desire or an unsatisfied craving. Does that sound like the balanced life to you? I'm thinking no. I'm thinking that many people feel a little intimidated collecting money for their work. And yet when you really think about it, what you're doing is possibly one of the highest callings you could answer. You're doing your life work. Writing a book for many people who finish a book will happen one time and one time only. It's true that my coach, Alan Cohen, has written over 30 books, but he is not the norm. (laughs) Not at all. And yet I want to share with you that he does receive monies from Amazon, from previously from Hay House, for his books. He does gladly accept there is an exchange. He puts down his wisdom in books and people pay a thoughtful and modest price to read those books. That is a fair exchange. I don't think the Buddha would disagree in any way with that. I think, quite possibly, if we could have dinner with the Buddha and ask, what do you think about this? Can I accept, let alone go ahead and ask for monies for my writing and have my life still be in balance? Is there some sort of duality for wanting monies for my writing? I'm thinking, no. And I bring this up because these ideas, these ideas that really bump up against your deepest beliefs of following spirit can turn you off forever of expressing yourself. It can make you think that the only way that is fair to receive money is at some sort of minimal level. And when we have to go out into the world and only perform things at a minimal level for minimal pay, we are usually so exhausted by that, that our self-expression never rises, never gets out into the world. I can tell you that when I was working for minimum wages as uh, I did this in the college setting as a writing tutor, I had to work my way up with college credits to enhance my salary beyond minimum wage. I also worked in retail before I ever went to college and received minimal pay Uh, I worked sometimes holiday jobs 
as concierge at hotel where I received minimal pay plus tips. Worked in restaurants, again, minimal pay plus tips. And that's very, very heavy, hard work to do. And then somehow find the energy to really tap into your voice and share your story. I really think that when you are honoring that you have a story to share, you should probably also follow the path of honoring that people are going to want to pay you for that story. They're going to want to offer you monies because what you are offering them with your story is so valuable. I honestly want to go so far to say, I think this is a natural exchange. It is part of your desire when you receive teachings from someone else to offer them something, usually monies. So one of the things I talked to my student about when she came and said, I want this book to give me great income, but I follow Buddhist teachings and I don't want to live in any sort of duality. At first, I was really confused by that. And I had to tell her, you, you know you are on track when you are in the flow of writing your story. And you know you are on track when you feel this honesty inside of you and you can look down on paper and see your own words, you know you are right on track with your book because it is allowing you to sit tall and upright in your value. You're not writing the book because you lack value. You're writing the book because in some ways it helps you tap into the deepest level of your value and bring it forward into the world. That's not selfish. That's sharing yourself. What about the situation when we think that a book will replace our lack of status? Well, there I have to say you've got a good craving going on. And maybe the Buddha would speak out against this. If you're someone who is writing and really grinding out a book and you're really doing everything you can to bring it into existence because you are sick and tired of not feeling valuable, you are tired of having no status in the world, you are ready to be called an author, you just can't believe how long you've waited, and this book is going to do it for you. (laughs) If you think like that, then my friend, you've made the book your savior. And I bet you the Buddha would be against that. The Buddha would probably tell you, you are a person with inherent value. Stop trying to make that book the thing that validates you. You were born valuable. Whether you were treated like it or not, you were born 
valuable. Your stories have been percolating inside of you as you live your life journey. It is a good thing to share those stories, to think of how you can really connect with your stories and let your true voice bubble up. Let your other talents that you have be expressed into a book. I think when you are committed to that, your book does not become your savior. It becomes your offering. It is something you are offering out into the world. Why not collect a little bit of money or maybe a lot of money over time for that offering? I can tell you this. I've been working on a book that I hope to see in publication by the end of the year. And I gladly receive whatever monies grow from that book. And when I say grow, I mean, you, like me, I anticipate collecting monies from that book over a long period of time, the life of its publication. I fully accept that it may grow beyond my wildest dreams. I don't see that as a conflict with my spirituality. On the other hand, if I was using those monies to fulfill cravings that I just can't seem to satisfy, so maybe I'm someone that, I don't know, maybe I have a very bad relationship with slot machines and I was to take all the monies from my book sales and funnel it into a craving with slot machines and therefore have no monies left to provide for myself, I think I'd run up into a big problem with the teachings that I like to follow in my spiritual program. We are here, I really believe, not to agonize over our unhappiness, but to find some sort of plan that we can follow living by for myself and for many of my students. We find a spiritual program. And by living by the teachings of a spiritual program, we are we are directly engaging in any parts of us that are unhappy. By doing that, by healing that, then when it is time to offer that book and that self-expression, we know that it is truly an offering for others. And that alone, I think, makes it worthy and a fair exchange to receive monies. I know there is someone that is very, very public in, uh, we would call them a public figure, and in the 90s sold cassette tapes on how you could better your life. Uh, He's not what I would call necessarily a spiritual teacher, but he teaches practices on how to build your mind. I recently learned that he has crossed into being a billionaire. 
billionaire. And I think that's a wonderful thing. He has offered to God knows how many people teachings on how to train your mind to be thoughtful and present and available. Why not? If it's te- if it's teaching a major number of people in the world, why not over the span of 30 years collect and use those monies to better himself and to better the world in whatever ways he really sees as following his own journey? What is wrong with that? I think nothing. I bet you if you were sitting in front of the Buddha, he'd say nothing. But let's go even deeper. I've got a little bit more for you. We have one more segment of Story You Talk Radio. Take a moment here to relax and stretch. I'm going to do the same and we're going to be right back. Did you know your riding coach, Coach Debbie, is also a master level life coach trained by Hay House author, Alan Cohen. She's offering free 30 minute consultations to anyone, not just riders, who are wanting to discuss a big stretchy life goal, which might include, how can I work on my bucket list? How can I better relate to my children, spouse, boss, or in-laws? What should I do about aging and feeling scared to be seen? How might I double my income fast? Email Coach Debbie at CoachDebbie.com slash connect for more information. And right now you can also enroll in Coach Debbie's April course, The Story Immersion. You'll receive eight pre-recorded classes throughout April that you can listen to on your own timeline. As a listener of the podcast, you qualify to save 50%. Simply email Coach Debbie by visiting CoachDebbie.com slash connect and get started on the life goal or writing project you've been dreaming about. Welcome back, my friends. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm really speaking today to the spiritual writer who is in conflict that they could oh my goodness, they could become so abundant from the beautiful offerings they're making with their writing. I did open up the opportunity to write to me and ask questions, and we have received a great question here from Joy. I haven't worked with Joy for some time, but this is a great question. She says here, I'm listening to the live show And I love that you are talking about being born valuable. I think that is true, although I often do forget it. So I appreciate being reminded. At the same time, what do you think if we do go ahead and give away our book after all as something to offer up to God? I am in a position where I would love to make money on my book and I would also love to make an offering to God. Is this something that you approve of? Okay, 
Um, <laughs> Joy, you, you, wow, you're, you're, do I approve? Um, you don't need my permission, really. You don't need my permission, but I, I want to speak to something here, Joy. For, for one, I'm thinking back to when we worked together. I'm thinking that might have been 2018, 19, somewhere in there. And I do remember you were starting out with a church community and your writings were for a women's program there. So here's what I have to say. A, yes, you are valuable. And B, there there is nothing wrong at all by offering your time and energy as, I, I think, Joy, you're talking about like a tithing. Is it, is it possible like to sell your book and give the monies back to the church as like a tithing? Um, since you're not here for me to ask, I'm just going to go with that idea. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's a beautiful idea. What we're really talking about today, when we say, you know, what would, what would the Buddha have to say about your book is I'm really trying to help people understand that there's a huge difference between having a craving and having a desire. I think this is what I'm trying to get back to that in a lot of the spiritual writings, you find things that point you away from maybe following your desires where I think they're talking more about the addictive status-seeking, please validate me, um, cravings. They're cravings that I'm not enough yet, but my book will make me so. So, Joy, and for everyone else, try try and think of it this way. What if you were, let's say you were sitting home alone and you had a great idea and you thought, I'm going to take this idea and run with it and turn it into a book. Let's pretend you were sitting there with that idea and you said to yourself, I know, I've been so unhappy, I'm going to do something to elevate my status. I've got a great idea, I'm going to write a book. Now, what that person is craving is for their book to lead them away from unhappiness and take them somewhere else else. Now, I'm just going to use I'm just going to use uh addiction here in place of that. Let's pretend instead of a book, it was something like um a glass of gin. And you were thinking, "Oh, I'm so unhappy sitting here, but I've got an idea. And if I just fill my glass full of gin, it will elevate how I feel and take me somewhere else. We're going to have to keep filling that glass to get to somewhere else 
and to maintain that day after day after day because gin wears off over time. Now, just hang on with me here. If you, if you start something from a place of unhappy, the only thing that's going to fill it is going to be something that you crave, that in the short term fills you, and that is often associated with an addiction, often. There's this big gap between, I don't feel happy, but if I do this thing, like write a book and acquire status and and maybe put it out in the world and get a lot of money, or I don't feel happy, but if I take this empty glass and I fill it with gin and I drink it, then I'll feel something different. Yay! (laughs) When you're dealing with that, you're dealing with a big gap in your life. And what falls into gaps? Cravings. So when the Buddha was talking about desires, I think he was referring to that stuff. He was saying, watch out, watch out for merely filling your cravings. What we're talking about here is when you have a desire from a place inside of you that is sincere, that is flowing with ideas, it's an honest expression of yourself. There's no gap between that and having a finished book because the person that you need to be to write it is going to be the unattached, uncraved person that puts it out in the world, receives monies for it, and says thank you. Do you see the difference there? When we write from a place of already filling, feeling filled up, then asking for monies for our offerings is a fair exchange. It'd be a little bit different if what we were asking the world to do is to take us from something really, really unhappy and we write to prove ourselves and we write to acquire status and we write to get out of our slump and we we give into this craving of I will never be anything until this is filled. I think that's really bumping up against a spiritual following and a spiritual direction to be of service. We're not of service from a lacking place. We're of service from that part of us that knows we are a whole being and we have something to express, to write, to share. And by doing so, whatever compensations comes our way is a fair exchange. I think if the Buddha was sitting in front of us and we were having this conversation, we would get a nice, full-bellied laugh 
and a good warm-hearted nod from the Buddha saying, yeah, that is, that is fulfilling a desire to serve and to offer. But it would be very, very different if we thought I'm not valuable, I have a craving to be valuable, the only way I'm going to become valuable is if this thing I'm writing does well and pays me handsomely. That's where the trouble is. And that's really, I think, the only place where the trouble is. When we treat the book or the self-expression as if it's going to save us. Because a book doesn't have that power. We have the power to go out and share our stories with the world and receive monies for doing so. But a book does not have the power to take you from being a person that feels like they're only at 10% and soar you on up to feeling like a hundred percent. A book doesn't have that power. Cravings that we give into can only give us a very, very temporary satisfaction. So the person that grinds their way through a book might get really, really exhilarated the minute it's done. And the minute their their publishers start sending them money for it, but at some point, it's just not going to do the job. If you're not feeling whole, content, alive, and in desire of sharing a message, the book is not going to fulfill you. And even when you put it out into the world, You're going to need something else to do soon afterwards to really get into that feeling of wholeness. And truly, what you're going to have to do is spot that the craving, that gap, needs filling. So for many people, and I just want to thank Joy for your question there, for many people, when you are on a spiritual journey, It's important to take stock. It's important to ask yourself, do I feel worthy of sharing my message with the world? My hope is you're going to say, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know I was born valuable. I know I have lived in such a way that I've paid attention and I have a story that I want to share with others. I know it's an offering to others. When you can answer in that way, there's no gap to fill. It becomes a very fair exchange to make whatever monies that book can make for you out in the world. That that exchange for monies is going to allow you to do more good. So remember, your book going out into the world has this life it's taking on. It's doing something for the world. Why not openly have your arms set to receive those monies 
and do whatever good you can with it because you invested your heart into that book. You invested your value into it. There is no savior when you dedicate yourself to having a relationship with your book. There is no savior. The book is an expression of you. It is your valuable words going out into the world. I hope this has served you, my friends. I think it is natural to have a conflict inside when you're thinking, I'm doing my very best to follow a thoughtful spiritual path. Who will I be if all of a sudden my words generate a lot of money for me? You will be who you are. You already are a very valuable person in this space of life. That's who you will be. And that is because you are not having some sort of savior relationship with your book. If you would like to learn more about the services I offer, I invite you to go to coachdebbie.com. That is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. I currently have a class on offer at 50% off. I have one-on-ones available. And as we prepare for spring and summer, I will be having upcoming retreats. Tune in on Thursdays. I always bring you a brand new topic. And until next week, my friends, namaste. Namaste.